Good afternoon, everyone. This is Brother Brandon coming to you live from Fort Smith, Arkansas, with another Fishers of Men video broadcast. And it is good to be here this afternoon. And some of you are probably wondering why am I doing my broadcast this early in the afternoon? Well, um, really, the long and the short of it is, I got released. Uh, I got released from work early. Um, and no, I'm not in trouble with my work. It's just they just released me early due to some reasons I won't get into. But, um, so they released me early. I'm home early. So I thought, you know, I will probably just go ahead and, and, uh, do my video this afternoon for you. And then just have it posted so that by evening time, y'all can enjoy it and watch it uh, if y'all miss it. So, anyways, it is good to be here this afternoon. Um, we are going to be finishing Matthew chapter 12 this afternoon, Lord willing. And uh, we are going to be going through and uh, finishing that up. Um, prayer requests, uh, not a whole lot new, so y'all just, you know, keep me in prayer, keep my video in prayer, uh, pray for Brother Joey, continue to pray for him, I know he appreciates your prayers, um, pray that God would use this video in a mighty way, uh, I have, uh, I have some personal unspoken ones, unspoken, unspokens, so if you can keep that in prayer, um, also, um, Pray for me on Sunday. I will be preaching at my church on Sunday evening. And uh, I, I, I have an idea. I, I already know what I'm going to be preaching on. I already kind of have a lot of my message written. Um, so hopefully that it will be a comfort and a blessing um, to those who listen to it that evening. Um, I think that's going to be it for that. Um, but with that said, uh, announcements, there is no Fishers of Men broadcast Sunday evening um, for I will be preaching at my church. So that will be just in replace of that. Um, also, I am thinking of maybe rearranging my broadcast times a bit. Um, instead of having it like Sunday and Tuesday, I may... I'm thinking about maybe doing it maybe like Tuesday and Friday. Uh, so, think about doing it Tuesday and Friday. I think it would be a little bit more convenient with my schedule and all. So, um, I think that might be best if I do it Tuesdays and Fridays. Uh, Friday evenings. When I get home from work. So, thinking about maybe doing that change. Making that, making that change. And uh, hopefully... Um, you know that might be um that might be that might go well um what else i don't think i have uh, anything else um to get to so i think we're just going to go ahead and jump right in to our bible study so if you have your bibles turn with me to matthew chapter 12 matthew chapter 12 and we have left off at verse 33 so that's where we're going to be starting 
And if you remember last time, I'm going to kind of do a quick recap here for you. Uh, we talked about the Sabbath day. We talked about what the Sabbath is, what it isn't. Uh, got into, you know, the Sabbath day a bit and kind of got into, you know, just, you know, what, what, what we've seen in the Word. Uh, we also got into, I also got into the unforgivable sin, what that is, and had mentioned uh, to go check out a message in regards of that. Um, and so those are the couple of things that we sort of talked about. We also talked a little bit about division as well. Ooh, I'm sorry. I'm just kind of tired. Uh, we talked about division. We talked about how a nation divided against it, against itself cannot stand. Uh, so we talked a little bit about division as well. And division is not necessarily a bad thing, uh, but in some and and, and there, but there are some instances where it is a not so good thing. Okay, so we kind of got into that last week. And so now this week we'll be getting and picking up from where we left off here in verse 33. All right. Now, Jesus just got done saying to the Pharisees, and actually just to kind of recap a little bit, let's, let's go back up to verse 31 and let's go through and review what Jesus said to the Pharisees. He says, Wherefore I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. And whosoever speaketh the word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the, the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him. Neither in this world, neither in the world to come. So we see that Jesus is saying that the is talking about how anyone who blasphemes or speaks against the Holy Ghost, it's not going to be forgiven to them. It's not going to be. They're not going to be forgiven of that. And um, and Jesus says, "And won't be forgiven in this world, neither in the world to come." Amen. So, but then he continues on from that, and that's where we're going to pick up. In verse 33, it says, Either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tr tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by its fruits. Now let me tell you something. Jesus, earlier in Matthew, addressed this. this. Okay, so if you have... So, um, in Matthew chapter 17... Uh, starting in verse 18, it says, A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast in the fire, whereby their fruits ye shall know them. Okay? So let me just tell you something. Okay? Let me give you some examples. When you've got all these mega church preachers, and all these people that, that you know, quote-unquote preach the word, but they really don't. They preach a heretical word, a, a false Bible, is what these preachers preach out of. 
they preach out of these false Bibles, claiming and thinking that they they are speaking truth, and people eat this, people eat all that up. Well, let me tell you something. All those big mega church false gospel preacher preaching churches, all these big huge churches that claim to preach the word of God. First of all, if there's even one bit of wrong and wicked and heretical teachings and what they teach at these churches, that makes that church a corrupt church. Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Okay? So all these, all these... All these churches that talk about how they talk about this and that, if they if you if there's even an ounce of heretical teaching in that church, that makes them a bad tree. Anybody who follows a perverted Bible is a bad tree. Well, Brennan, how can you say that? The King James is so hard to read. Well, let me tell you something. If it's not a King James, it's not the Word of God. Because in other translations, they attack the Trinity, they attack God, they attack the virgin birth, which are which our faith is 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 founded upon is on that virgin birth. Now, when I say that, let, 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 me, re, let me rephrase that, because that may not come out right. The virgin birth is the foundation in which we put our faith in. Why? Because it is because of the virgin birth that Christ is born was born sinless. And if Christ be sinless, that means he paid that price. For our sins at the cross. If man had a part in the conception of Christ, then Christ is no longer sinless. And if Christ be if Christ have a sin nature, then his death on the cross is void, and so is your faith. And so is the word of God. So you see all these translations. They attack the Trinity, they attack God, they attack Christ, they attack them by taking things out. Why? Because they don't, the people who put those things together don't like what the Bible says. So you have all these people that think that these translations are easier to read and they flock to them and they say, well, this is the word of God. No, it's not the word of God. It's a perverted word of God. It's a antichrist Bible. And let me tell you something. For all those who think that you can follow and read those perverted Bibles and be saved out of those perverted Bibles, you are mistaken. Peter says to be born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible. 
and your King James Bible is the only incorruptible seed there is. <clears throat> Amen. So, if you think that you can be born again and follow these perverted Bibles and these churches that use them, that makes you a corrupted tree. And therefore, you will not have good fruit. Why? Because the trans the, 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 the all these new age Bible translations come from the vine of Sodom. And I promise you that if you follow after those perverted Bibles, your fruit is going to be corrupt. Because you are following a corrupted Bible. The King James Bible is the only incorrupted, incorruptible Bible there is. There is none else. There is only one Jesus Christ. There is only one word. And that word is your King James Bible. Amen. Now, again, Luke chapter 6, verse 43. For a good tree bringeth forth not corrupt fruit, neither doth a corrupt tree bringeth forth good fruit. For every tree is known by its fruit. For of thorns men do not gather figs, nor of bramble bush gather they grapes. Okay, so if you follow a corrupted Bible, you will have corrupt fruit, and therefore you are a corrupt tree. You cannot produce good fruit from being in a perverted Bible. It is impossible. If you have a perverted Bible, you will have perverted fruit. If you want to be a good tree, and you want to produce good fruit... You get into your King James Bible, you put your roots, and you build your faith upon the good King James Bible. I will, see here's the thing, that's why I will only teach and preach out of the King James Bible. Why? Because the King James Bible, the incorruptible seed, will in time produce good fruit when you put your faith in what God says in it. If you put your faith in what God says in the King James Bible, you will then eventually bring forth good fruit. And you won't bring forth corrupt fruit. Why? Because a good tree only produces good fruit and an evil tree only produces bad fruit. You cannot have a bad tree that produces good fruit and you cannot have a good tree that produces rotten fruit. The tree is known by its fruit. Which fruit are you from? Just want to say that. Which fruit are you? Which tr which which what kind of tree are you? Are you a corrupted tree or you are a incorruptible tree? And you can only be in a incorruptible tree if you are in the King James Bible. By the way, 
You know why the Pharisees are corrupted trees? You know why they can't bring forth good fruit? Because you know what they did? They took the law of God and perverted it. You know what the Pharisees were doing? They were using a, an equivalent to a corrupted Bible, which is why their fruit was about as rotten as you can think. And this is why Jesus called them what, what he called them here in the next verse. He says in verse 34, it says, O generation of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart... The mouth speaketh. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. I don't have to explain much further because I think we've already taken care of what... I think I've already said what I wanted to say. I'm not going to beat a dead horse. Amen. Now... It says here, But I say unto you, that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. For by their words thou shalt be justified, and by their words thou shalt be condemned. Can I tell you something? Every idle word that you speak you will give an account for doesn't matter if you're born again or not by the way what's an idle word well here in my now I have a defined King James Bible which it's a King James Bible and it has these words that you don't see every day and they're bolded and it gives you the definition of them and so the definition of idle is this, worthless and useless. Every idle word, every useless, worthless words that you speak, you will give an account for. By the way, if you don't preach and teach, and you don't speak any of from the word of God. All those words that you say are techno babble. Blah 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 blah. I can't hear. I can't. I can't understand you. You know that's what these new age Bibles are. They're techno babble. Blah 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 blah. You don't. There is those words and those perverted Bibles are useless. They're garbage. They're trash. If what, I'm, what am I saying? What I'm saying is, if you don't speak the word of God, are you, all you're doing is saying a bunch of useless words that you will give an account for. You'll give an account for. Every idle word you're going to give an account for. This is why, even in our conversations, why you need to... Put the word of God in your conversations. Amen? You need to have the word of God sprinkled into your conversations. Why? Because when you speak the word of God, you're speaking life, you're speaking 
you're speaking what's necessary and important for people to hear. Not this, not all these trashy New Age Bibles that think people claim to think that it's all. Well, it's easier to read. The King James is hard. No, the King James ain't hard. You know, you people only say that the King James is hard because they don't understand it. And because they can't understand it, they think it's hard. Listen, why don't you just let the Holy Ghost give you understanding? Don't try to understand. The Bible says, lean not on your own understanding. So if you think that, if you think that, the King James Bible is too hard because you can't understand it. The Bible says, lean not onto your understanding. We need to have, we need, all of us, including myself, we all need to have the Word of God sprinkled into our conversations. Because if you're not speaking the Word of God, you're just speaking useless trash. And useless trash, you'll give an account for. This is why it's important to study your Bible. This is why it's important to memorize your Bible. This is why it's important to do these things. Why? It's not just so that you can give the Word of God. It's so that you can give an answer to those of the hope that's within you. Can I get an amen from God's people on that? Woo, I'm getting fired up. Um... <clears throat> Verse 38, it says, Then certain of the scribes and the Pharisees answered, saying, Master, we would, we, would set, we would see a sign from thee. But he answered and said unto them, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given it but the sign of the prophet Jonas. An evil and an adulterous sign, or an evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. First of all, an evil generation, an adulterous generation. Let's let's think about this for a second. Why did Jesus, why did Jesus say evil and adulterous? Well, number one, the Pharisees the Pharisees were wicked. Why were they Why were they wicked? Because of their own traditions. Why they're wicked? Because they claim to know God and they can't they claim to believe God and yet they rejected God by their traditions. Now this will leak into the adulterous part. Why? It's because they crafted an, their own God by adding to the word of God, by slapping on things, by their by use by by, by slapping their traditions on people and putting a yoke on people that uh, and telling them that they have to do this and ha they have to do that and they couldn't fulfill that. Th 
they added to the Word of God. And by adding to the Word of God, they crafted their own God out of their minds and based on their traditions. And if you crafted, if you craft a God out of your mind and you start following it, that makes you an adulterer. You know why? Because you're committing idolatry against God by worshiping other gods. Don't add or take away from the Bible. Let me tell you something. Those who make up sins, and Christian, I'm speaking to you. If you make up sins like the Pharisees did, you are adding to the word of God. And God said, if you add to my word, I will add to the plagues in this book. Meaning the whole Bible. Christian, you need to be careful to not make up sins. Really quickly, I just want to touch on this. I'm not going to get into it. Some people, some well-meaning Christians would tend to make you to think that adultery is the unforgivable sin. They'll say, well, if... Or, not adultery. I'm sorry. Hang on. Let's let's go back a second. I my mind is going everywhere, but that's not what I was getting at. I apologize. Let me re-say that because I didn't say that correctly and it was the wrong word. Some well-meaning Christians will tend to make you think that divorce is the unforgivable sin. You have these Christians that will say, well, you can't divorce. God hates divorce. If you divorce, you've committed the unpardonable sin. They have this attitude that if you got divorced, you've committed that you've committed the unpardonable sin. Okay. Let me tell you something. If divorce was a sin and God hates it so much and you say that divorce is sin, then what you just did was you called God a sinner. If you in your mind think that divorce is a sin, you just called God a sinner. And if God be a sinner, then you're still in your sin. Christian, you got to be very careful to not make stuff up. Divorce, Jesus actually permits divorce in certain circumstances. So why do you, so if, if if divorce was some sort of unforgivable sin, why would Jesus even why would Jesus even allow for divorce in certain permissible situations? Christian, you need to be careful. You need to be careful 
to not make sins up. And I'll prove it to you. Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 8. And I saw when for all the causes whereby backsliding Israel committed adultery, I had put her away and given her a bill divorce. Yet her treacherous sister Judah feared not, but went and played the harlot. And Jeremiah, we see that God himself had written a bill of divorce against Israel. Why? Because Israel was committing adultery and backsliding. And that is not just some figurative speech. That is plain as day. God wrote a bill of divorce against Israel. He put Israel away. So if all you Christians think that, well, divorce is a sin, you can't do that, then you're calling then you're calling you're calling God a sinner. Don't make stuff up. Y'all shouldn't be making stuff up because you're adding and taking away from the word of God. And I'll prove it that I'll prove to you even let me give you another let me give you another let me give you another let me give you two more okay Isaiah chapter 50 verse 1 thus saith the Lord where is the bill of your mother's divorcement whom I have put away or which of my creditors is to whom I have sold you behold for your iniquities have you sold yourselves and for your transgression is your mother put away God is even saying in, in, in Isaiah, I, I put away Israel. Okay. Now, here is where Jesus permits divorce Matthew chapter 5 verse 32 but I say unto you that whosoever shall put away his wife saving you know what that word saving means that word saving means except but I say unto you that whosoever shall put his wife put away his wife saving for the cause of fornication um Hang on a second. That's not the right one. Hang on. I don't think that I don't think that's the right the right one. Uh, it says, But I say unto you that whosoever shall put away his wife saving for the cause of fornication causeth her to commit adultery. And whosoever shall marry her that is divorced committeth adultery. Okay, so basically, 
This is actually not the exception. What Jesus is saying is if you put a, if you put a, your if you put away your wife for the cause of fornication, meaning that you put away your wife and you go after another woman to fornicate. That's that's adultery. Jesus said that's not okay. He says that's not okay. But if you got a spouse that's that won't commit to you been committing adultery that's cause for divorce. Jesus said that there is cause for divorce. What Jesus is saying here is what not to do with divorce. He's telling you what not to do. So that means if there's a what not to do, that, that means there is a permissible reason to divorce. People need to get their head on straight. People need to not make up sins. It makes sense. Don't make up sins. You make up sins, you add to the Word of God. And if you add it to the Word of God, God says don't do it. And we see that the Pharisees were adding to the Word of God, and they were crafting a God in their own minds. And by the way, when you craft a God out of your own mind, you're going against the God of the Bible. And when you go against the God of the Bible and you start crafting a God that's different from the God of the Bible, you're committing adultery. You're committing adultery. You're committing adultery and not actually loving and serving the God of the Bible. You need to be Christians need to be careful not to be not to be adding or taking away from the word of God. So don't make stuff up. Don't be like the Pharisees and start making stuff up. Okay, now Jesus also says that there will be no sign given unto him except the sign of the prophet Jonas. For Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. That's the sign. Jesus was going to be in the lower parts of the earth, in the heart of the earth, witnessing to the captives. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 9 Now that he ascended what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth Amen Now 
Let's continue on. The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonas and behold, a greater than Jonas is here. Jesus is greater than Jonah. Now, let's continue on. It says, The queen of the south shall rise up in the judgment with this generation and shall condemn it. For she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, a greater than Solomon is here. Jesus Christ is greater than Jonah and Solomon. Why? Because Christ is God in the flesh. Jesus Christ is the living word of God. In whom is without sin. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places, seeking rest, and findeth none. Then he saith, I will return unto my house from whence I came out, and when he is come, he findeth it empty, swept, and garnished. Then goeth he, and take, taketh with himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of the man is worse than the first. Even so, it shall be also unto this wicked generation. While he yet talked to the people, behold, his mother and his brethren stood without desiring to speak with him. Then one said unto him, Behold, thy mother and thy brethren stand without desiring to speak with thee. But he answered and said unto him that told him, Who is my mother and who are my brethren? And he stretched forth his hand toward his disciples and said, Behold, my mother and my brethren. For whosoever shall do the will of my Father which is in heaven, the same is my brother and sister and mother. You want to know something, guys? And I'm going to say this kind of in closing. We're going to start wrapping it up here. We're actually already done with chapter 12. So I want to say this in closing. Okay. For those of you that are born again and believe the King James Bible, you're born again, you're, you're filled with the Holy Ghost, God chastens you. You are a son. You are a daughter. You are a brother. And you are a sister. And you are a mother. You see, when we are in Christ, we have our brothers and sisters. Amen. Now, why? Why? Let's go to Hebrews, Hebrews 11, Hebrews, you know, he, Hebrews copy, that was a joke, Hebrews 12, says this, in verse, starting verse 6, for whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is whom the Father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. 
So you can tell and you know that you are a son by God's chastening. Okay. Um, In John chapter 1, verse 12, it says, But as many as received, and to them he gave power to become the sons of God, God, even to them that believe on his name. If you believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you are born again, then you are a, you are a child of God by adoption. You are a child of God by adoption. Okay. So Jesus is right. Whoever does the will of my father is my brother, sister, and mother. Why? Because if you are a child of the king and you are born again child of the king, you will do God's will. You will have that, that natural, you will have that natural that will be your new nature. You want to naturally want to do God's will. And you will. But I'm going to tell you something. If you are not born again, you are not a child of God. If you are not born again, you are you are not you don't receive chastening and therefore if you don't receive chastening from the Lord then ye are bastards and not sons. But you want to know, you want to know the good news though? The good news is you don't have to stay lost. You don't have to stay lost. You don't have to one you don't have to you don't have to end up in hell because you chose to reject Christ. You don't have to do that. You can choose to be born again. You can choose to have Christ in your life. You don't have to die and go to hell. You can choose to die and go to heaven. And it's really simple. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. All you have to do is cry out to God. Tell him you're sorry for your sins. Ask him to forgive you. Ask him to cleanse you. But most importantly, putting your faith and trust in what he did at the cross. Amen. No one has to die. No one has to die and go to hell. You can choose to go to heaven. But I'm going to tell you something. For those who are lost, let me tell you. Let me tell you two options. Okay. You can take what I say, pray about it, 
God can, God can convict you and bring you to Christ and you can repent of your sins and get saved. And if you choose to get saved, you'll be hated by the world. You'll go through this life serving God. But you'll have a Father that loves you. And when you die, you'll be with the Lord. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. You'll stand before Him giving account of your life. And you'll be with Him forever lasting. That's one path. The other path is you could take what I say. You can call me an idiot. You can call me a bozo. You can call me a, a don't know and don't know. You don't know nothing all. You can say all these kinds of things about me. Say this or that about me. You can whatever. You can continue to reject Christ, reject the gospel. But if you die in that condition, you'll go to hell. You'll be there. You'll eventually be resurrected. You'll be let out. You'll stand before the judge. You'll stand before God. You will acknowledge you will acknowledge that he is God. You will bow yourself to him. You will be then judged by your works. You will be pronounced guilty. And then after that, you will be tossed alive into the lake of fire, just like the false prophet and the Antichrist and Satan himself. And the smoke of your torment will rise up forever in the presence of the Lamb and the holy angels. You will receive no rest. You'll be in agony. And you'll probably will think back, why didn't I why why did I reject Christ? So those are the two paths that you can choose. The path that leads to hell and destruction and the lake of fire, or the path that leads to eternal life. And I would rather see you get saved. I would rather see you come with me to heaven. Because in heaven you'll have that rest. You will have that rest in heaven. You just won't get it in hell. And you won't get it in the lake of fire. Hell was not meant for any of you to go to. Hell was only created for the devil and his angels. It is not God's will for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. God does not take pleasure in the death of the wicked. But I will tell you that God is angry with the wicked every day. He is angry with the wicked every day, but he does not take pleasure in the death of the wicked. No, he does not. He wants you to cry. He wants you to accept his son, Jesus Christ. When the Holy Ghost convicts you and brings you to Christ, he wants you to accept him and not reject him. Amen. He want he wants a relationship with you. He wants you He wants you to be with him for all eternity. Amen. He wants to be with you. Please, I beseech you those who are lost to give your life over to Christ.
And the thing is, you can't just give your life over to Christ and hallelujah, you're saved. No, Christ, the Holy Ghost has to convict you and draw you to Him. That is the only way you can get saved. You can't just get saved willy-nilly. You can only get saved by the calling of the Holy Ghost bringing you to Christ and convicting you of your sins. Amen. So, anyways, listen, I hope this was a blessing to you. Um, I'm not trying to be mean or rude. I love you guys. But I have to preach the truth. Amen. So I hope you guys got something from this. I hope you guys will learn something from this. I hope that you guys will grow as a result of this. I hope that you are being fed by the Holy Ghost. I hope that you're getting something. I hope you're blessed by hearing this. Listen, if you guys don't... If you guys... Uh, haven't subscribed to my YouTube channel. I want to encourage you that, that uh, to subscribe and like and share my videos. Um, I don't want you guys waiting on my permission. You guys already have my permission to share my videos with whoever you want. As the Holy Ghost directs. Amen. So you share the videos. Um, if you want to subscribe to the channel, go ahead and, get, and, and subscribe and give it a thumbs up. But listen, I love you guys. You guys are awesome. You guys are the reason why I do what I do. Amen. So pray for me. Pray for my videos. Pray for me for Sunday night. Uh, pray that there be a, a blessing there for people. Um, and, uh, you know, pray that you guys, uh, you know, will get a blessing from this as well. Okay. Anyways, I love you guys. God bless you. You guys have a blessed week. And Lord willing, uh, hopefully we will see you. Oh, by the way, before I close out, I just want to say, uh, next week we will be, uh, just a reminder, Sunday there will be no broadcast because I will be, I will be uh, uh, recording my preaching on Sunday, okay, on Sunday night, so no broadcast Sunday. Uh, next week we'll be getting into Matthew 13, and um, Lord willing, um, yeah, Lord willing, we'll get into next week, okay? And may and I may be uh, switching my broadcast times up to uh, Tuesday and Friday instead of Tuesday and Sunday, okay? So I love you guys. God bless you. You guys have a great week, and Lord willing, we will see you all next week, okay? Love you guys. God bless you. See ya. Bye.